0: Shh, shh. Alright, be careful. We gotta get the password right, guys. This is it. The biggest party of the year. The biggest party on campus. We gotta get the passwords right. Okay? Shh. Alright, here we go. What's the passwords? Uh, Gonzaga? And. Baylor? Hey, welcome, guys. Come on in. Yeah, yeah, come on in. Come on. Oh, yeah, come on in. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Alpha Undefeated Pie. A-U-P. Get it? This is the party of the year. This is the frat house to be. A lot of people try to get in, but you gotta have those two passwords right Gonzaga and Baylor. Those are the ones that get you in here. The party's gonna go all night long. Let me take you around. Oh, look out. Check it out right here. It's Nigel Williams Goss, leading scorer for Gonzaga. Just dropped 36 against San Francisco. Nigel, nice moves, man. Keep it going. You're happy you're not a husky, right? You're a bulldog. You're in Gonzaga now. Yeah, I see. Hey, listen. You guys get hungry later. This is your man, Senior Shemek Carnales, to get the big guy in the middle. Nothing like having a seven foot one, three hundred pound guy cooking burgers, right? Shemek, how you doing? Good. Oh, they know, man. They know. They know about the eighteen points against Arizona and the seven point win. They know. They know about seventeen against Washington. And yeah, Nigel Williams-Goss knows about that too. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's it, Shemek. You guys want anything to eat? Shemek's the chef tonight. Keep it going, man. All right, this is the pool room here. You guys can come up, shoot some pool later if you want, but it's going to be tough. These two guys run the table. You got senior Jordan Matthews and freshman Josh Perkins. These guys are a perfect combination on this pool table. They're deadly. Jordan's a senior. Josh is a freshman. They're both averaging around 11 points per game. Jordan's deadly from the free throw line, 86% and 42% from three. And Josh is only a sophomore shooting 46%. That's best on the team from three. Guys, you'll never be off this table, right? you need anything, let me know. Shemek's cooking burgers. Yeah, I want to take you out back. See this lake? See how beautiful this is back here? Yeah, so tranquil. Yeah, with that 7-foot, that 230-pound freshman, Zach Collins. Yeah, that's right. 10 points per game, 5 rebounds per game. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Yeah, catching anything? All right, cool, man. Good. Ah, uh, he's been such an integral part. Yeah, and of course, Coach Few is with him. Yeah, Coach Mark Few. 18 years at Gonzaga, 481 wins, 82% winning percentage, been ranked in the AP Top 10 at the end of the year six times, including number one in 2012-2013. They're talking Final Four, no doubt. Oh, I'm sorry, Coach. I'm sorry. We'll keep it down. Yeah, right. You love your fishing. Catch and release. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, you guys want to uh, head upstairs? Yeah, we got the second floor. Whole new group of people up there. It's the other part of Alpha Undefeated Pie. You guys got to check it out. Other password. Remember it? Yeah, welcome to the top floor here. This is where Baylor stays. They're the number one team in the country. It's all green. They painted it all green. First time in school history, they're number one. Yeah, that's a pool right here. We got a rooftop pool right here. Oh, yeah. you See
1: that set? Oh, look out.
0: Uh, Joe Luala. Chill. Joe Luala. Jolo being Jolo. 7, 220 pounds. He's got 11 points per game, 7.6 rebounds. And he's averaging 3.6 blocks. Oh, Jolo, you gotta let people score in water polo. You gotta let them score. Ah, Jolo being Jolo. is 3.6 blocks per game. He's third in the country. Come on. Yeah, check it out. You can play some cards in here. We got some big-time people at that table right there, including junior transfer Manel Lacan from Belgium. Mano's averaging is averaging five assists. He shoots 80% from the free throw line. Transferred here from Miami. He's been so important in Baylor's success. Let me tell you. Yep, you see you sitting there too. What about the glue guy? Senior Ish Wainwright. 6'5", 235 pounds. Ish is averaging 6.6 rebounds, 4 assists. He does everything for this Baylor team. Really, really outstanding job this year. Yep, and that's Al Freeman sitting there too. Yeah, yeah, the uh, 6'3", 200-pound junior. Averaging 11 points per game, shooting 44% from three-point range. Yeah, this is a loaded table. You better bring some money. These guys don't mess around. And look over here. It's the president of Alpha Undefeated Pie, Jonathan Motley. He's a 6'10", 230-pound junior that's playing this year like a first-team All-American for the undefeated Bears. 16 points and almost 10 rebounds per game. Double-double in his last four consecutive games. This guy's on a mission, and he's the top reason Baylor just today got the first number one overall ranking in school history. Also a killer ping-pong player with that wingspan, just unstoppable. John, man, how about going lefty and give everyone a chance, huh? All right, last place we're going is the front terrace. Let's go check it out. Oh yeah, on a beautiful night, what's better than just relaxing here on the front terrace overlooking the campus? Hey, Coach Scott Drew, how you doing? Guys, let me introduce you. This here is Coach Scott Drew of Baylor. He's coaching his 14th season at Baylor and has won 266 games. He's reached three Sweet 16s and two Elite 8s. He's coached the school to its first overall number one ranking in history, and he's incredibly focused on that Final Four this year. This is a great spot, Coach. You can see all those kids down there waiting to get in. Look, look, look. See, it's Kentucky, Duke. Yeah, see online, there's a kid from Kansas. We know they're not getting in here under your watch, right? There's <laughs> oh, a kid from Louisville. Wow, Coach, this is the perfect spot. Just sit back and enjoy what they only wish they had. What, what's that? Oh, yeah. Do you guys want to hear who the founders of Alpha Undefeated Pi are? They are the two guys who believed in both these teams, Gonzaga and Baylor, before they got big, before they were undefeated. They talked about these teams well before anyone thought they would be this good. We call them around here the Hoops Gurus, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. You want to meet them? Well, perfect timing, because here they are right now. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. And the party just hasn't stopped there at Alpha Undefeated Pi Baylor and Gonzaga. We're gurus, Gus. We are the founding fathers of that fraternity. Boy, it sounded like a lot of fun. I bet you want to be uh, fly fishing in the back there with Coach Mark Few.
1: As long as it's catch a release, I'm good with that. Uh, good, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for remembering the secret passwords to the Screen the Screener uh, after party on this dry, on-campus, college basketball secret password party that is going down the evening of January 9th, 2017. The NFL playoffs are among uh, upon us. Conference play is already nuts, and the Ivy League is yet to come. We aim to improve that commute to and fro for the travelers out there. Um, aid in your an- annual New Year's resolution, whether it's to be fitter, you know, 10 more burpees, please, be kinder, remember that golden rule, and you'll be just fine, or just continue your solid vibe from 2016. Carry on. We're always thankful, so humbled, honestly honored to chat NCAA hoops with you, Mike, and our ever increasing audience. Ahoy out there, cost us, perfits, we voted for Antetokounmpo as well. Cheers to that. Also, ahoy out there, Maceo Baller 16, one of our fellow NCAA hoop junkies. And ahoy out there, at Matt Sardo. Happy to have you all tuned in. Let's get this thing going.
0: Gus, the most impressive thing in this podcast has been that pronunciation of the Milwaukee Bucks star player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I had to practice that for a week. You did that, no problem. Uh, Uh,
1: We're big Greek freak fans here. Very uh, very
0: big. Oh, the Bucks are rolling. They got a great thing going in Milwaukee. Listen, everyone, this is going to be a great podcast. Obviously, there's a frat party going on. Baylor's number one. Gonzaga's (laughs) undefeated. A couple quick plugs for you. We are uh, in the Best Amateur Podcast competition at monkeysfightingrobots.com. There's a People's Choice Award there. Please go. Please vote for us if you enjoy what we're giving you here, please just take a couple seconds, go back and vote for us. We'd appreciate it. You can always find us on Twitter. Our Twitter followers are rapidly rising right now. You can find us at SDS podcast on Twitter. You can email the show, sdspodcast at gmail.com. We will read your emails on the podcast if you send them to us. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us you can email the show. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate us five stars if, if you if you like what you hear. Uh, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, big time stuff going on here at Screen the Screener. And we can't wait to get started. Gus, what do you think about some
1: news and notes? That sounds good. And oh, one more thing, listeners. If you're looking on the Monkeys Fighting Robots site, the voting list is in alphabetical order. Just go down to the S's. That's a good That's point. Our only piece L- of advice there:
0: little effort, guys. Little effort. Scroll down. Okay, it's twenty seventeen. Scroll <laughs> down. Screen the screener. Okay, like Seth Greenberg said, screen it. Vote for it. Monkeys, robots fighting. News and notes. News and notes from the hardwood. Well, Gus, before we get into the games, and there's a ton of games, and we have a lot to talk about. I would, I think, we would be remiss as a college basketball podcast if we didn't start off with our annual dis- our,
1: our annual discussion on Grayson Allen. What do you think? It's not even annual. It's like bi-weekly now. I mean, how many more times do we need to talk about this? Um, we you know, we we kind of got on the whole situation, the coaching staff, coach K, Grayson Allen himself, Duke University about you know, the indefinite suspension magically turning into one game and having a problem with the length of the actual suspension itself. But now we're back to the original problem. The guy may or may not have done it again. In the first game he came back.
0: Gus is ridiculous. It's a hundred percent intentional. Enough of this. The only thing that saved him is the Boston College player did not go down. If the Boston mm-hmm. College player failed over double, he absolutely did it again. I don't get this. Crotch shots. Tripping Dylan Brooks was on purpose. He went to the bench. He went out. That's it. He you haven't heard anything. It's intentional. It's ridiculous. The one game suspension. Kay had the surgery. I don't want to get into that. This is building towards a problem, Gus. Someone's going to knock his block off at a game. It's coming right now.
1: That that that's that's going to be the consequence here. Not only is another team going to send somebody out just to do that, somebody's going to take it and and do it on their own without any. You know, backup from any of their teammates or any of their coaching staff. Not that they would need that or anything, but that's what's going to happen. And then it's going to totally blow up in their faces. And it's all going to be because it's all going to be due to his poor decision making in a crisis situation. You know what I'm going to say here? Let's go, Coach Capel. Let's step up. Let's see the changes that you can make. This might be the most important thing that you do during your little coaching tenure here, uh, taking over for Coach K. If you could somehow wrap yourself around this problem and find a solution to it for Allen and the Duke Blue Devils, that might be the most impressive thing that Coach Capel does, well beyond wins and losses.
0: 100% true. would help him get another job. But he isn't going to the bathroom without Coach K's permission. He's not doing a darn thing here. And let me tell you, Gus, listen to this noise. You hear this? That's a buzzsaw, and that's what Duke is coming into against Florida State. I'm going to tell you right now. Grayson Allen's going to get his block knocked off. It's ridiculous. Gus, we played basketball together for, for what, six years, middle school, high school. How many times did you or I get hit in the privates? I can't even tripped or hit in the privates. It it, it wasn't even that many. This is absurd. You don't – he was backing into a screen, okay? Where in the triple threat Rick Majerus clinic – Bobby Knight, defensive, ball you man, where does sticking your leg between his legs come up? This is the most ludicrous thing since this whole Tom Brady didn't know that air wasn't in the ball thing. I got to tell you. You want to argue that it wasn't a big deal? That's a different argument. This is intentional. I cannot hear that this is a witch hunt for Grayson Allen.
1: Look, I, I understand it's giving us another talking point and something else that draws attention to the sport that we love. So I understand that, like, quote-unquote value to this, like, ongoing story and saga. But at the same point, Grace and Allen, again, we, we, we stressed this a couple podcasts ago. You are in the most unique situation to get this right. You are still, quote-unquote, a student athlete. It's now time for you to be the ultimate student And really get studying on how to correct this problem with the proper help that you have there at Duke University. Let's go ahead and be a student and get this right. And then you can come back to trying to be an excellent student athlete.
0: And if not, Leonard Hamilton should sign The Undertaker. The Undertaker should set a screen on Grayson (laughs) Allen and put him through the table. And that will be the last time he trips. It's one (laughs) or the other. You can either be like my ethical partner, Gus. And you can be the student and student athlete, which is totally right advice. Or you can follow the Mike Randall School, in which case there's going to be a choke slam and a tombstone pile driver. Wow. Hey, whatever you want to do, because I can't talk about this anymore. The idea. WWE e
1: dead man, man reference. I, uh, I was
0: going to go to Goldberg, but I just don't know the Undertaker. It's fine. Okay. Hey, do you,
1: hey, just since you mentioned the Undertaker, do you remember that opening night on the NBA um, where the Undertaker was spotted? In the Cleveland Cavalier yes, uh, yes, hallway yes, yes. near the locker room. Yes. I mean, talk about like. I mean, so who knows? Maybe he could show up at Duke. I don't know. Maybe he could show up at Florida State. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He's already been spotted at an NBA game this season. Like, it's totally, it's totally logical.
0: And he's bringing that hacksaw you heard before. Because we'll get to that little bit. But... Watch out for the Undertaker. Okay, look out. Emile Jefferson's not in the middle. Look out. Maybe the Undertaker will post up. It's fine. All right. I'm sorry, guys. Why, why don't you tell the people about games that they care about? Let's start. <laughs> yeah, let's start with UCLA, California. What do you got?
1: Alright, so you know my feeling on UCLA. You 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 know that I, I respect them as a comet-like team this year, and anytime the atmosphere allows for them to be viewed, everybody should take advantage of that viewing opportunity. And once again, against California, uh, UCLA number four um, wins eighty-one seventy-one. Uh the summary of this game, Cal led five two, and then never led again. <laughs> UCLA is so balanced inside and outside. You know, we talked uh, last podcast about their their gifted bigs. Um, they can slow it down and give it to those gifted bigs. They can fast break it with ball. Um, it, it, it's just like an assembly of this uh, of this beautiful talent that Coach Coach Alford put together, and it's unbelievable an unbelievable joy to watch. TJ Leaf, can we? He's the most underrated freshman in the country, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. He's throwing down hammer dunks, absolutely. <gasps> Did you did now? I know that the hammer dunk. Did you did you see the whole stanchion and rim shake after that? Incredible, like, absolutely <laughs> incredible. And Gus, that was like
0: a two step from the foul line. He did a jab step series, so there's no momentum. That was a, a tomahawk. TJ, seriously, keep going. Sorry,
1: Ju- no, it, no. And juxtaposed to that is like you know the ho hum line from fellow freshman Alonzo Ball, fourteen points, five boards, seven assists. Like uh, you know, just another great game from him, and. You know, we talked about this earlier, but how about the unselfishness of Bryce Alford? Yep.
0: He is totally
1: allowed ball to be the focus here. Uh, He had 24 points, uh, 5 of 7 from 3, and he's putting up great numbers. Similar numbers to what he uh, put up last year, but with less usage. Um, 16.8 points per game, uh, 43 from 3 with this number I know you're going to love. 113 attempts.
0: Um, unbelievable. And he. there was an article, I think it was ESPN, where they talked about how he has actually improved his reputation. It was sort of like a bad guy or a bad seed or maybe he's just a coach's son. Yeah, So unselfish, has played so well. As much as Tony Romo in the NFL made the Dak Prescott thing go away, mm. Alford could have made this an issue. He hasn't done it. He's done it willingly. I mean, I know his dad's a coach. I get it. But with Ball, he's playing well. Oh, Bruins unbelievable
1: uh, so just to give a big shout big shout to uh, Dana O'Neill that's her article on ESPN so if you're searching oh, yeah. in the library Sonny keep her down in the library um, sounds eerily to similar out, to
0: the to, eerily similar to the girl's voice who was knocking on the, uh, on the fraternity door uh, oh
1: yeah yeah. maybe maybe the librarian was at the frat party I don't know <laughs> um, yeah check out her article on Bryce Alford it's really awesome it, it kind of frames him in a beautiful way and, and, and frames the team the exact way you'd like to view it comet like um, and look out these Bruins are a real contender um they are unbelievably efficient on offense they they really uh-huh.
0: yeah they really are gus i i I have to tell you i don't know how to stop this team if I was coaching defensively. <clears throat> you know I love baylor you love gonzaga. Um, Kentucky, I feel like there's a scheme. I, I know that makes no sense, okay, but you have to try to make Monk, Monk beat you on the drive, okay? Mm-hmm. Get back on Fox and transition. Gabriel's a non-factor on offense. Um, you don't let Brisco- Briscoe make him shoot. Don't let him drive. Listen, and I know that's very hard to do. Don't get me wrong,
1: but <laughs> right. with, all, those, all those things may or may not be able to be done. Of, okay.
0: of course, but when I watch UCLA, I, I feel and it was the Oregon game that I'm talking about. I feel like they were toying <laughs> with everyone. Okay, well, ball can shoot or drive. You can't leave Alford. Welsh is really good in around the basket. Um, Hamilton is easily a 17, 16 point per game score. Holiday comes off the bench. Oh, yeah, and there's Leaf throwing down hammer dunks. Right. I think they are the most unguardable team offensively in the country. doesn't mean that they'll play well. They won't have a bad game. I understand that. But they are the one that I think is the most complete. I think UCLA is the most complete offensive team in the country.
1: I would agree with you. They, I mean, they have pros all over the court. All, everywhere you look, there's a pro. Like, I, I don't know how you defend that many, like, high-level pros. And you know what else? They're so efficient, but uh, I, I think Coach Greenberg has, uh, you know, spoke to this uh, where he just called it an epidemic of, like, unselfishness and passing. Um, they They like playing with each other. You can see the joy. It kind of shines through. Yeah, they're, they're an issue. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> and and
0: like every player, Gus, we know this, goes through like ups and downs during the season.
1: Yeah.
0: Like look at the last four games or five games rather for, uh, for Hamilton, okay? okay? We're talking about yep. a senior on the team who's averaging like 16 points a game before this happened. He had 11 against Western Michigan. Fine, you know, 5-11, decent game. He only had two points at Oregon. Bizarre game. Only two points at Oregon. He had zero at Oregon State. Zero. He was 0 of 10 from the field. Wow. Hamilton was. Then he's got 5 against Cal. Now he's got 15. So he wasn't even playing well. Like, th- there's n- there's no chance, Gus, at the end of the year that Hamilton's not going to be putting in double digits in the tournament. This was their opportunity. And oh, by the way, they barely beat Oregon at Oregon on a Dylan Brooks 3 at the buzzer. Yeah. That's how good this team is.
1: And and we always bring up the point where, you know, the, you know Team X has no chance to beat a highly ranked team if you know, player Y doesn't play really well. And like Hamilton is player Y and he didn't play well and UCLA still wins.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah, they're, they're an issue. I don't know how to figure them out yet. Um, I think you hope for one of those like off-shooting nights and then they just get really panicked. But, I mean, if that's your game plan and you're hoping for a panicked off-shooting night, again, they're comet like View them when you can.
0: Totally true. Great. And and Alford's a great coach, obviously. No longer is he on the hot seat. They're going to have a really strong year. No way they're going out early. I can't even see it. Um, And we we said this together. Look out, Phoenix. Bruins are coming for the Final Four. Watch out there. They're a real contender. Next one we got for the people, number 20, Purdue. This was a nice one. Purdue is one of these teams, Gus, that I I just didn't ever read on. Mm -hmm. I want to like them. and if I can. Isaac Haas, is he playing? Is he not playing? Is he starting? Nobody knows. Number 20, Purdue, 76. Ohio State, 75. This was at Ohio State. Summary on this and then jump in what your thoughts are. Yep. I think Ohio State is always going to be tough on their home court. I don't think they're particularly good. I think Thad Mod is rebuilding a little bit. But they're always tough at home and they always play hard. That is a good win. That is a very good win for Purdue because Ohio State will beat Michigan or Michigan Somebody will lose there. Mm-hmm. Somebody will lose there and it ain't going to be Purdue. Um, you've been all over Caleb Swanigan. You have nailed Caleb Swanigan the whole year. You were the first one on the bus, and we're all jumping on now like a trolley in San Francisco, okay? How is he only a sophomore? I saw a a um, a series there where he got a rebound, came down inside, and then banged a three. Trail on the break. The guy is, is only a sophomore. He looks like he's 30 years old. He's massive. Another double-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds, and then a huge free throw with five seconds left. By the way, he's a 77% free throw shooter. Very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Swanigan and Purdue?
1: Well, I think that free throw right there with five seconds left to win the game, pull up a chair, young man, you are at the player of the year slash first team, all American dinner table. There's your seat right next to Malik Monk. Uh, uh, Hart is sitting across the way from you from Nova. Um, Lonzo ball has a seat at the end table there. He is now at that table after winning a game by himself. And by the way, that 16, 11 game is an off game for him. Like he true. has been putting up 20-point, 20, 20 20-rebound uh, 20 20 games with unbelievably uncanny r- regularity yep. this season. The numbers he's putting up is insane. Uh, you know, During our uh, All-American slash preseason talk, we called for him to lead the nation in rebounding. Guess who's number two in the nation in rebounding right now? Caleb Swan.
0: That's exactly right. Uh, Just a great, great performance by them. Vince Edwards back in the starting lineup. He's doing a great job. 16.7 rebounds, four assists. Purdue had four guys in doubles, which is great balance. Haas, he's going to be matchup dependent, Gus. I guess so. Mm only 20 minutes in this game and six points it's just going to it's going to end on game flow okay but to have a guy like that coming off the bench is a huge huge weapon as long as Swanigan can play and keep those minutes and not get in massive foul trouble right away yeah. that's a deadly deadly duo and coach painter's doing a great job
1: uh, he, here here's what i think coach painter's doing he's being an unbelievable coach because he has some flexibility with two really good college basketball players in Edwards and Haas and he's flopping them depending on matchups I mean, what wouldn't you want your coach to do except put the best match out there for him to win that particular game? Um, Are either one of those players going to be happy with the inconsistency of their minutes? Maybe not, but end result, are they going to be happy with the wins that Purdue was piling up in the Big Ten this year? Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Ohio State is 0-2 in conference. It's going to be a down year for them, I think. Uh, Trevor Thompson had a nice game. 11.7 rebounds for the Buckeyes. Only went 3-7 from the foul line. He's a 77% shooter as well. Uh, had an end one there. Missed a free throw that was huge, which opened the door for Swanigan. Uh-huh. Um, Purdue is fighting and clawing. I give Painter a lot of credit. It's a psychology game. We've talked about this. right? It's not just about the X's and O's. He's selling Haas on it. Haas is going to have his moments. Listen, Michigan State had a bad loss the other night in the Palestra. Um you know, like it's it's going to be very up and down. So if Purdue can win some of these tough road games, they can be right there to win this Big Ten.
1: I don't think I don't think there's going to be any mistake. They're they're a top three Big Ten team, if not the favorite to win it right now. Um, I don't think they're going to go anywhere all year because of Swanigan's excellence and consistency. Um, and as long as the role players keep doing their thing uh, around the superstar that is Caleb Swanigan, they're here to stay.
0: Yeah, and the best way to avoid an early-round upset in March, Gus, is to have that big guy inside. Besides Alonzo mourning Princeton, usually Mm -hmm. that big guy is going to be the one that the smaller schools have trouble with. And they didn't have it last year. Um, Swanigan was a freshman. Haas really wasn't an offensive threat. And they had that awful loss to Arkansas Little Rock. But I think that they're a team that if they match up in like a 4-13 game, Swanigan's just a massive, massive factor that no one's
1: going to be able to deal with. I I agree, and I don't think anybody's going to. There's not going to be many people that can deal with him in the Big Ten. Forget about as in a first round matchup against an undersized school. I think the Big Ten is going to keep having issues with him the rest of the year. Um, uh, I agree with your, um, you know, if you have the one big time superstar. You're probably not going to fall prey if you're more of like a system team. Uh, maybe you will, um, but again, you love bringing up this reference, and we'll bring it up one more time: Michigan State and Denzel fell to, to your guys, <laughs> Giddy Pata, Middle C State. So it can happen, but it is few and far between.
0: Because yeah, that back, the problem is that even Michigan State didn't have it. That, that was a Costello they had inside. That yeah. that back to the basket guy mm-hmm. draws so much attention from an undersized team that it opens up the jump shots. If you don't have the post game and the interior game, you know, team gets hot, makes some threes, but Swanigan is going to have to be doubled, which means they're going to allow these Purdue shooters. By the way, they're great from three point range to make great. these shots. Um, you have a post player like them or Tyler Zeller with UNC a couple of years ago, oh. they had a, where they play uh, Mount St. Mary's or somebody. The game was like 195, something like that in the first round. Yeah. You, you, you got that post guy. It's, it's a huge advantage.
1: Let's stick out, stay out on the West Coast and stick with uh, USC and Stanford. Uh, welcome to the top 25, USC. Um, U- number 25, USC, 72 over Stanford, uh, 56 at USC. Nice bounce-back game for the Trojans after their first loss of the season against Oregon. Um, uh, that shifty little point guard, Jordan, Jordan McLaughlin, had 15 points. And Cha-Me-Z-Me-Too... Had 14 points and 10 boards. I've been working on that pronunciation along with Antetokounmpo. The Phonetics um, podcast with Gus Kearns. <laughs> so I think it comes down to this, right? If USC wants to be a serious contender, whether it be in the Pac-12 or nationally, they have to win conference games against teams they should, Stanford being one of those games. Um, and the country should probably start taking notice at Andy Enfield's job with the Trojans. He's got... Huge test coming up. We got Cal. He's going to go at Utah, at Colorado. Every Pac-12 coach tells you that mountain road trip is a killer. 2-1 and one would be solid. 3-0 would mean an 18-1 start for USC before Arizona and UCLA come to town on the 19th and the 25th, all within one week of each other. Uh, LA's kind of looking up here. I like the way that LA is uh, is coming into form let's go trojans
0: yeah i i, I want to like you usc and this was a great win for them i was very happy about it but i have to tell you gus i was equally as disappointed if not more so by their loss to cal last night yeah. um they, they they i stayed up to watch the game because i'm rooting for them they have no benny boatwright he should be back for them soon after a sprain in his knee uh in early december this was a bad loss Gus, they shot 58.3% from three-point range last night against Cal. This is a banged-up Cal team. Hasn't come mm-hmm. together. Underachieved. Rav hasn't played well. They're 7-12. you got to win that game at home. Uh, but Rab played great. He was 17 points, eight rebounds, hit two free throws at the end, despite the fact I saw on Twitter that the DJ for USC tweeted him and said, great job, man. I tried to distract you as best I can during those free throws. Uh, uh, okay, well, thank you for full disclosure. And By the way, here's a sanctum from USC. Um, but, and then he had a huge block on McLaughlin, who I really like, a uh, little gritty, tough point guard there at the end. Um, but, Gus, this one annoyed me to no end because – that could have been a nice run. They, Like you yeah. said, Utah, Colorado. Uh-huh. And then they got Arizona coming in. Maybe Boatwright's back for that game. Just a disappointment.
1: You know what? I think um, this is the game that everybody thought Ivan Rab would play every game of the season. Exactly right. And they were just waiting for this game. And it took, what, 14, 15, 16 games to get there? Yep. I mean, I guess he was due for like, you know, a game changing uh, play at the end of the regulation to win it. But at the same time, if you're USC and you're coming in ranked and you're coming in off a great win, like we just went over against Stanford, then why not stack it up and go back to back? And again, this just speaks to the Pac-12 being a grind. You never know what you're going get, to get yourself into. And if you think you're getting a night off, think again. In that Pac-12, it is tough out there.
0: Totally true. And before you get to Gonzaga, which certainly the floor is yours when it comes to the Gonzaga, my friend, just really <laughs> quick for those of you saw us on Twitter. Uh, Gus or I will break down the Nevada comeback against New Mexico at some point in the next couple podcasts. Um, yes. Nevada rallied from 25 down and beat New Mexico with what is an unbelievable three-point blitz that if you haven't seen it on Twitter, go watch. Gus, New Mexico was up 17 points at home with 242 left. What ensued from that is absolute mayhem. From missed free throws to one free throw, banked threes. The only thing, Gus, it reminded me of that has come anywhere close was when Rathan Mays from Florida State yes. had the 30 points in like three minutes. That's what it was like. We will break that in that game coming up play by play. It was unbelievable. went to overtime and Jordan Caroline hit a game-winning three. Why wouldn't he? Um, right. With two seconds left in overtime and Nevada rallied in New Mexico over New Mexico – uh, 105, 104, but we will get to that one later because right now we are at Alpha Undefeated Pi and Gus Kearns is going to talk about the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh,
1: perfect. And by the way, the pit is traditionally one of the toughest places to play in the in the whole entire country. Is this true? Like oh, the fact that they pulled it off at the pit is even more amazing. It just banked
0: three after banked three. It was insane. A pump fake. It's just insane stuff.
1: So thankfully, number five, Gonzaga, finished off San Francisco 95-80 to 80, at San Francisco, so a nice road win in the WCC. And um, they were playing with the knowledge that Nova had been taken down, and so there was leaving only two undefeated teams in the country, Mike Randall's Baylor Bears and my own Gonzaga Bulldogs. Um, you think that that had to play a little bit in the pressure situation, right? Well, no, not really. Uh, we'd like to welcome Nigel Williams-Goss. Nigel Williams-Goss, please pull up a seat at the All-American table. Your seat is right over here next to T.J. Leaf. Uh, Josh Jackson is right next to you over there. Um, Williams-Goss had 36 points, 11 boards, 6 dimes for the former Washington Husky playmaker. what was he doing up at that party again? I feel like he had to, he had something going. Uh, he had something good going on. Oh the prep.
0: man, he was ripping up the dance floor as soon as you, like as soon as you walked good. in the door. He was ripping it up. He he had the moves going, moves on top of moves. Girls were there. He's having a great time. And, um, and as I said, he, he's glad he's not a husky anymore. He knows what I'm saying. Then he got a uh, burger from Shemek.
1: One of the frosh that we haven't mentioned on Gonzaga, uh, Killian Tilly came off the bench. 12 points, eight boards, three assists. Here's the other thing I noticed here. This Zag's post passing from their bigs is like, I'm going to say it's like Wisconsin type efficiency uh, level. It is insane how well they pass the ball out of the post and then from post to post, high post to low post. I think that all of those bigs are skilled. Um, Collins, Tilly, Karnowski, even Williams, when he's not putting, you know, dunking back putbacks. Um, and you know what else? Mark Few loves that Baylor's resume is just a little bit better than the Bulldogs. And that will get some of the shine from the voters this week, and rightly so. But guess who will be waiting in the wings if that Big 12 loss finds the Bears first? That's right. Mark Few and the Zags will be waiting right there. Um, do we want to hype the showdown against St. Mary's anymore? I mean, now's the time. January 14th. After the Pats are up like 26 on the Texans and and picked off Osweiler twice. Oh, how, is that? <laughs>
0: how is that game in prime time?
1: Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> flip, flip the game over to ESPN2. Come on, people. And then find an adult beverage and remember your password to get into the frat party. The undefeated frat party.
0: Yeah, somebody at work today said to me, are you just going to stay up for that game? Gonzaga-St. Mary's? I said, it's the only game on that night. I like, go, the NFL? I like, go, who cares? I, I mean – that game is going to be so huge. St. Mary's won a Gonzaga last year. I mean, yeah. that, that's incredible. Few as a totally complete team. It's a it's a great team. They share the ball, like you said. Really excited for the Zags. I can't wait for St. Mary's to come in. I I I think you know right now Gonzaga is is hot. St. Mary's had the stumble against Texas Arlington, but it's going to be a great great game. And don't forget St. Mary's won twenty eight games last year. They got all five of their starters back. So don't. Salem short. What a game that's going to be on Saturday night. In fact, I should mention this now. Gus, it's your birthday tomorrow, actually. So, yeah. we'll think of it first of all, a little early. Happy birthday to Gus Kearns. You can wish him happy birthday tomorrow on Twitter at Currents 12 uh, But uh, your birthday gift could be a St. Mary's win on Saturday.
1: <laughs> Stop it now. Worst gift ever. I don't like that gift whatsoever. Can I return it? Is there a receipt that comes there with receipt that? Receipt returned. Always, always. All right, so speaking of ni- n- number 19, St. Mary's, um, they did have the test against the uh, WCC's third wheel, uh, BYU, and the Gales thankfully held serve uh, for the showdown later on this weekend against this feisty BYU team with talent all over the floor. And the biggest talent that really shined in this game, let's add Eric Micah to the list of talented big men out west. Let's throw him in with Leaf and Welch from UCLA. Uh, Lauren Markinen from Arizona, uh, Bell and Boucher from Oregon, uh, uh, Jock Landell, who he was going uh, head-to-head against uh, from St. Mary's, Karnowski, uh, let's toss uh, San Diego State's Zylan Cheatham in there. Micah went for 28-10 and 10 and played Jock Landstill to an absolute standstill in this game. But unfortunately, that's about all BYU got in this game. The Gales got their usual suspects, got their things up and rolling at home. Emmett Nahr had a 17-4-4. Rehan uh, had his Steve Vestoria-like game with 10, 5, and 8. And our secret weapon, Hermanson, our guy, came up with 15 points. They shot at 40% from three and over 55% overall. Very, very St. Mary's of them. So they held up their end of the bargain for the showdown this weekend. Mike Randall.
0: Yeah, I was a little concerned about this one. Uh, Seth Greenberg had talked about Micah, how he's dangerous. He's one of the few guys in in not only the conference but really in the country who can match up there with Landell. And he did a great job. Micah was tremendous. So this was a survive in advance for me. Um, nice win. We'll take it. Let's move on. If it was on the road, I'd be a little more concerned. Yeah. The absolute key on the Saturday night game is Emmett Nahr. Emmett Nahr has to mm-hmm. have a massive impact. He cannot just be a distributor. He's got to be a scorer. Hermanson's going to spot up on the baseline on the left side. We know that. Landell's got to stay out of foul trouble. Emmett Nahr is the key. If you told me, Gus, that Emmett Nahr is going to have a line like this, 17 4 4, I'd feel uber confident about yeah. St. Mary's winning. But if he gives you like the 6 and 8, they're not winning the game because Gonzaga has too many weapons. I really think he's the key.
1: So, I, it, again, it falls back to, like, you know, if player X for, for team Y does not play well, they have no chance. So it, uh, And, and Emmert Nara, and congratulations on filling in the equation and being player X. Uh, uh, good luck against the, the Bulldogs this weekend. little under-the-radar game for everybody here. It was a Friday night game. Two unranked teams, but two teams that can make a deep run in March. We, we mentioned this uh, a smidgen uh, on Twitter. Um, Dayton gets a huge win, 76 uh, 67-64 over URI. It was at Dayton, but Dayton was playing without their leading scorer, Charles Cook. Uber impressive win minus about, I don't know, 18 points per game. One of our favorite point guards, Scoochie Smith, had a real smooth 21 points and six dimes. He was simply unflappable. There was no other word for him in this game. Um, Our guy Kendall Kendall, uh, Pollard. Seems to be all the way back for the Flyers from his early season injuries. 18 points, a lot of those points in the paint. Uh, Dayton followed their now usual script. Uh, guess what? They were down two at the break with only 25 points. Translation, Archie Miller and the Flyers got him right where they want him. Rody is just maddingly inconsistent. I don't understand. Sometimes Matthews, Terrell, and Martin seem like one of the nation's top trios in one game. And then the next game, they have a game like this where all three of them combine for 27 points. I can't figure them out. I just say, hmm, just another win while nursing another injury for the Flyers. What else is new?
0: Yeah, I it, Dayton is one of these teams like Cincinnati and Baylor also that have to control yeah. tempo, all right? Yeah. And that's what they're going to have to do. And if they don't, the game can get away from them. But we've seen Archie Miller do it before. The key for them is going to be if Josh Cunningham can return – they said three months. They didn't say that he was out for the year. If Cunningham can come back and everyone can get healthy, um, Scucci's going to play great. Pollard can be completely healthy. Um, they didn't have Cook for this game, right? Right. They, they are going to be a major, major issue. Um, but that's a nice win at home against a really good team. Survive in advance. And 67-64, that's what they did. They're still very, very dangerous. You know, part of me wants, as we do our March shows, for Dayton to go in like a little banged up, because people yeah. are going to underrate them. They're going to forget yes. that they made a Final Four. They're going to think, "Oh, it's Dayton." The whole thing. This is a team that no big school wants to play. They're very Cincinnati like. They, they don't. We know that. We know Smith. We know Pollard. We know Cook. I don't think America does enough, and so this team is is still very very dangerous. And if Cunningham comes back, that will be a huge bonus for them.
1: Yeah that that that. Yeah, I think that elite Elite Eight run that they made uh, a few years back when they beat upset Syracuse is, is the shines off that a little bit. So they're they're back to their usual underdog self. Um, so I'm with you. I'm I'm rooting for them to come in a little bit under the radar. Um, another speaking of under the radar, another little under the radar uh, unranked uh, opponents. Um, a little surprising result here. Uh, Oakland defeated Valpo seventy eight to sixty six. At Valpo, um, amazing. You, sh- you thought that like Alex Peter would just be like, okay, let's. Here comes a double double. It was really predictable. Um, he put it up again, and he even dropped four dimes while he was at it. But here's the news in this game: he might have a bit of company for the Horizon Player of the Year. Listeners, we'd like to introduce you, Martez Walker, six six guard from Oakland. He was the best player on the floor in this game, not Peter's. Walker's, uh, Walker had 25 points, uh, five boards. Uh, he was four of eight from three in 39 minutes with just two turnovers on the road. Uh, and they won this game with almost next to nothing from one of our favorites, Isaiah Brock. He got his money's worth, as we like to say, five fouls, but only two points. So they won this game on the road with minimal impact from one of their starting forwards. Um, just when we thought Valpo was going to kind of walk away with this thing, I think Oakland's going to make it interesting in the Horizon. I'm interested to pay attention to this the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, Walker's an issue for Oakland in the Sun and the Horizon. Sorry, excuse me, in the Horizon. This is a league that will make upsets in the tournament. Absolutely. Oakland is 14 and three. It is very, very tough to win at Valpo. Okay, we know that they went in there and they smacked him around a bit. 78-66 at Valpo. Not an easy place to play. This is a team that already, I mean, they had a tough time against Kentucky, but they did beat Rhode Island at home 65-62 this year. Oakland's a team to watch out for. They're in first place in the horizon, 14-3, 3-0 in conference.
1: Nice. Hey, uh, you know what I think I hear next? I I think I might hear John Motley at the ping pong table. Uh, Is that possible?
0: The wingspan. The wingspan, again, was just totally unbelievable. Um, and And we will talk about Baylor, Oklahoma State. I certainly was biting my fingernails on this one. They really, they, they had this game in control. And Oklahoma State hung around. They hung around with rebounds. And Baylor made some sloppy, sloppy turnovers in this game. Uh, I was worried. They were down 30 to 25 at the half. Um, but Jawan Evans only shot two of 12, which is a killer for them. And despite all the mistakes that Baylor made and all the turnovers, some foul trouble in there, Jolo got a couple quick fouls in the second half. He was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Manu LeConte did outplay Jawan Evans. He's such a steady hand for them. You're not going to beat the number one team in the nation when Evans is two for 12. It's not going to happen. Motley no. was slow in the first half, very similar to Louisville game, and then really took over in the second half. Uh, he is definitely right now. He is not a player of the year. Okay, He's not at the table that we talked about. He could be at the table. He's not going to win it. But I think he's a first-team All-American right now, the yeah. way this
1: team is playing let's let's put them right there absolutely
0: um, they they are so balanced and as we learned on the um on the fraternity tour they just they have the guys that play together that do a little bit of everything ish wainwright is sort of the glue guy that holds them together they didn't really get much out of king mcclure on this one coming off the bench but this was one of those sloppy home games that the really really good teams find a way to win and they did and they won it they won it 61 57 uh Oklahoma State needed this game after the West Virginia loss. This would have been a nice bounce back for them. Uh, Motley with 13, Lacant had 17. He was eight of 10 from the free throw line. Even missed a couple late, which was a bit yeah. sort of a big deal. Um, I'll tell you something. Somebody who I really like for them quickly, mm-hmm. um, Terry Maston, the six yes. eight junior, eight yep. points off the bench. You need the bench guy to come in. So if Motley or or uh, excuse me, Motley or Jolo. Yep. Or, or someone gets in foul trouble, Mastin comes in, he's a scoring, scoring threat. I like Lindsey too, he's a steady guard that comes in and King McClure is flammable. So they go 8 deep, Motley is to such an issue, 13 points, 10 rebounds messing around, Jolo Thanks. only had 2 blocks, Motley had 3. And they're going into West Virginia, Gus, and that's going to be quite a game once we get this college football ridiculousness done tonight. And by the way, Alabama's only up 17-14 for those just that know we're taping it. Ooh, in-game update. In-game, I like In-game game. update. But that's quite a game. But I was just so happy for Baylor. First number one ranking in their history, and this secured it. But I did sweat.
1: Congratulations, Baylor Bears. Congratulations, Coach Drew. Congratulations, John Motley. And speaking... Of possible all-americans your call for first team all-american it seemed like an unconventional call at the time but now it seems to be making perfect sense my Randall, frank mason the third led number three kansas over texas tech 85 68 mason had 26 four and five just another great game for your first-team All-American. The Jayhawks are slowly becoming this crazy, scary three-headed monster with Mason Graham and Josh Jackson, kind of like the three-headed monster that Duke was supposed to become this year. Well said. They're freshmen, right? It seems like that 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 now Kansas has taken on that that scary role. The Jayhawks got the win that they needed to get right and continue their unthinkable Big Twelve title run. Uh, you know what? Texas Tech definitely suffered. I think a little bit of the upset hangover post OT win versus West Virginia on a last, you know, a five sec last second shot from the corner to win it. Um, so you kind of think that you kind of felt like that was a little predictable for them. But at the same point, strong game from uh, Kansas and strong game from Frank Mason.
0: Yeah, Kansas, Mason's got to be huge because they have no – I didn't think they have any players inside uh, before Azubuki was there. Now a lot of pressure on and Lucas and he'll have some good games from time to time. But this yeah. is a guard-heavy team and Mason's got to score because Graham is too streaky. Jackson is a freshman. Mason had to step up and he has big time. He has been a locker first-team All-American right now. He's played fantastic. By the way, Gus, not a lot of people are talking about Kansas. They're just quietly sneaking up there. I think they're ranked number two. Uh-huh. They'll never drop to three. I think they two. So they're going to be an issue. We're getting some Twitter uh, sarcastic comments. I got someone read it too, by the way. Yeah, you know Baylor, nice job, but uh, you know that's going to be temporary. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this: if, if, if Baylor gets by this West Virginia game tomorrow, and, and by the way, what, what what you you wanted me to guess that spread, right? Didn't you want me to? Uh...
1: Yeah, um, we, we can we can do this now. I I have I have knowledge of the spread, Mike Randall does not currently. So Mike Randall, who what says you Baylor visiting West Virginia? Number one versus, I believe, number 10. What say you on the spread?
0: I don't want to come off my Baylor high on this podcast. That was the purpose of this podcast. We had the fraternity party. But I will say this, Gus. A safe spread to me would be anything that's even Or Baylor slightly favored? If you tell me West Virginia's favorite in this game when Baylor is the number one team in the country, I will be very concerned. But I'm going to guess the spread is Baylor by
1: two. Drum roll, please. West Virginia minus six.
0: West Virginia is favored by six points against Baylor? Currently. The number one team in the country is an underdog by six points.
1: Ah, oh, no, oh no, listeners. I'm sorry. I apologize, listeners. If we're getting off, we're getting off script oh. here.
0: <laughs> Shemek, can I get those burgers to go, my friend? <laughs> because Baylor may be moving out of the house. <laughs>
1: All right, speaking of overtime upset hangovers, it wasn't an overtime win, but Virginia Tech did pull the big upset with Duke, and they totally suffered the upset hangover against number 12 Florida State. Virginia Tech falls to the number 12 Florida State, 93-78. to This was a semi-predictable product following a huge upset. See Texas Tech and Kansas, of course. Um, But... How about this? Do you think it's just about time to mention Florida State's backcourt as one of the best in the nation? Let's go Fox and Monk, check. Watson and Foster, check. Uh, Your guys, Mason and Graham, check. Let's not forget the comet like ball and offered, check. I think it's time to include the soon-to-be all-first-team ACC 6'7 Dwayne Bacon, and the selfless 6'4 Xavier, Raython uh, Maines. And I think we just need to toss in as the third wheel um, 6'6", 6'6 Terrence Mann. Uh, these guys are playing so well right now. And let's not forget, they also have one of these like high impact freshmen that are totally under the radar. And, and, and Mike Randall, you know I love these stats. Please, listeners, absorb these stats. 6'10 freshman Jonathan Isaac does everything. 13, 13 points a game, 7.5 boards a game. He averages an assist, a steal, a block, and a made three a game. Those are like John Motley-type numbers. That's who I'm comparing him to. We just threw out all this All-American love for John Motley. John, uh, Jonathan Isaac is doing the exact same thing for Florida State right now.
0: Yeah, Florida State, I I think we got to start with the chant. Let's get it going, folks. Yeah, there it is. I think we got to get on board with Florida State, Gus. Um, their only loss this year was in Brooklyn at the tip-off Classic to Temple, 89-86. They've beaten number 21, Florida at home, 83-78. They won at Virginia. We know how tough that is, to 60-58. And that win is going to look better and better as Virginia gets better uh, every week. And then they slammed a Virginia Tech team that only two games ago had beaten Duke at home by 14 um dwayne bacon is not getting enough press right now he's averaging 18 points a game his last five games 16 points against manhattan 14 against samford 23 against wake forest he was six of nine from three point range against virginia you mentioned this last time 29 points against virginia is like 117 against everybody else and (laughs) 17 points against virginia tech we're going to find out a lot about florida state gus how do you like this schedule Home Duke which by the way get the buzz already again. They're going to smoke Duke in that game. That's a double digit win. you can lock that one up. Like at, it. at UNC, Home Notre Dame, Home Louisville. Four ranked teams in a row. Bam. Woo. How do you like them Apples guys? So we're going to find out what the real Seminoles are about. They come out of that one 2 and 2. All I'm saying is 2 and 2. And by the way, they're going to smoke Duke, so it's really going to be just 1 and 2 of the next three. Um, that's going to be impressive. They somehow come out of 3 and 1. Look out.
1: Man, I that schedule is crazy, but also they are playing so well right now. I, I, three and one seems kind of possible. You know what they? You know what the, this team has the feel like? It feels like that Miami team from a few years ago that had Lorcan run running the point, and they made that run to the Sweet Sixteen, and kind of nobody thought Miami was going to be any good. Sure. And, and Larinaga had it up and running, and he and and I think they won the regular season ACC that year.
0: They um, did. Yep. Uh, two seed.
1: Two seed. Yep. Yeah, they feel very much like that team, like a very, very live team. Um, but that schedule coming up, holy cow. That is like – that's a grind. Wow. Good luck, Seminoles. We are we are rooting for you and can't wait to watch you. Hey, you know we need to do one more. Uh, speaking of uh, down south, let's let's shine a, a little light on number 23, Florida. 23, Florida gets a big win over Tennessee, 83-70. They are wildly underrated. Ready? I'm going to go a little stat crazy on you here. Yeah. Um, they own a top 25 Ken Palm ranking in both offense efficiency, 25th, and defensive efficiency. They're ranked 15th. Here are the other teams that also have a top 25 offensive efficiency rating, rating and a top 25 defense efficiency rating. Here we go. Kentucky. West Virginia. UVA. UNC. Your Baylor Bear Bears, the Dukies, uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, and surprisingly, Butler. That's an,
0: that's a crazy list. That's a crazy, crazy list.
1: Okay, missing from the list: UCLA, Kansas, Louisville, and Nova. Florida is an eye to keep is a team to keep an eye on in the SEC, and not just for Eric Fawcett. A big shout to Eric Fawcett, uh, but for NCAA hoop junkies everywhere and SEC, you've been warned. Kevon Allen can shoot it. That guy can play.
0: Yeah, that, that I like Florida. I I know that Casey Hill is just one of these players I I, I have an issue with. I love him. Uh, yeah, Casey Hill is one of these guys. I guess I love. I love watching him. I think he's explosive. He was a highly touted player. He's really drained the Florida uh, fan base. They're very torn on him, but I think the guy can come through with a great ending to his college career. Vaughn Allen's good. I think Florida's making the tournament. I'll say it right now. Those are some great stats you just gave they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. They're going to get some good wins and they're headed in the right direction.
1: Uh, I think, speaking of heading in the right direction, I think we need to take a quick trip in the right direction of one of our favorite venues. How about we just head right down to Broadway and see what we have coming up down the wire for the listeners and the viewers out there.
0: On Broadway. On Broadway. Well, I know where we're gonna start. I cannot believe that line I can't believe this line i am I, I am genuinely shocked here on the screen the screener podcast. I can't believe the line is is West Virginia by six Gus look
1: I looked at it really quickly. It might have already changed. maybe people have hopped on it. I don't know um, but that that's what I saw really fast. Um, look it's two unconventional defenses going head-to-head against one another. It is a classic, like we've talked about this phrase before, but like which team is going to put their personality on the game? Which team's will is going to come out on top in the second half? Um, does foul trouble play a role? Um, like you mentioned, Jolo getting to some foul trouble um, uh, last game against Oklahoma State, and that obviously played a little bit of a factor in that game. Um, so, th- But I think the most intriguing thing is, is – is, the the changing up of defenses that Scott Drew has thrown out a showed a propensity for this year, uh one of those being his his you know patent one three one versus like this unrelenting press from Huggins and and West Virginia. I wanna see which personality wins out. You know I, what?
0: I, you know I, what? I I, I've had it. I gotta tell you I've had it. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm going on record. This line is bogus. Vegas got it wrong. I don't give a damn about those buildings. I don't care about it. It's wrong. I am taking the six points, and I will laugh to the bank. And here's my bet, Gus. That a boy. Okay? There's no way that Baylor is not covering this spread. I think they're going to win the game. I've had enough of this. They're going to look over that press. Manu's not going to get into foul trouble. They're going to take wild shots. Joel's going to send everything back into the Mountaineers' bench. It's a close game. If they lost a cl- lost a close game, it's fine. I will take the six points if I am wrong. If I'm wrong, I will change my personal Twitter picture to the West Virginia Mountaineer symbol. So the at Fantasy Warrior Mike, F-T-S-Y <laughs> Warrior Mike, if they get it wrong, I will leave it up there for the remainder of the week. The picture on Twitter for me will be a West Virginia picture. I can let you pick the picture. You want to put the mascot up there, whatever you want. They are, they. are And now keep this in mind. They could lose this game. This is a tough road game in the Big 12. But if they don't cover the six, change my avatar, my friend.
1: Wow. Okay. I, I already like that there's something riding on this game. Uh, listeners. Six I points. hope that you're enjoying yeah. that. This, there's, there, there, there's a, a possible uh, uh, image change riding on the outcome of this game. There's a
0: pool on the second floor of the, of the fraternity, for God's sakes. This is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I don't think Coach Huggins would be welcomed in the fraternity house this week. I don't think so. <laughs>
0: Maybe Elvin Scott Drew a Pack.
1: I don't think he's going to know the secret password personally. <laughs> uh, number fifteen, Xavier is going to head down to number three, Villanova. Um, always tough to win in Philly, um, but yeah, ha- I feel like we were on Xavier early, and they've kind of been under the radar as of late. Are they going to go ahead in there and then pull another upset? And is Villanova really going to drop two Big East games this early? I don't know. Um, they have the athletes to do it. Um, you had mentioned that um, uh, Miles Davis is trying to find his way back. Is this true? Yeah, from what I'm hearing, Miles Davis is back. He was reinstated.
0: Uh, USA Today mm. reported senior guard Miles Davis was reinstated on Saturday. His return gives the the Musketeers a never, another chance to have a good guard there. Mm. I don't know if he's going to play in this game. I'm not sure about that, but definitely down the line, that makes Xavier even more dangerous.
1: Yeah, that's a wild card. I don't know. I don't know if it'll cut. Uh, You know, I don't know if that card will be played in this particular game, but that's something to keep an eye on for um, Xavier and and Coach Mack moving forward. Um, But, I mean, we say this all the time. We giggle about it, and it's kind of like a little bit of a punchline. But, holy smokes, the Big East is such a grind. Like, right when you get done losing a a butler, yeah, okay, here comes Xavier. Like, there's no rest for the weary in the Big East. Absolutely. And,
0: and Gus, very quietly, Creighton is taking care of business on the road.
1: Yeah. Okay? After that Mm -hmm. loss...
0: To Villanova at home in a tough game a lot of teams have done a slide right have lost two in a row we've seen them this year um, who went on the road early this year and lost two in a row we were kind of shocked by Xavier oh, no, was, Xavier. Was, Xavier did that, That's a, yeah, Xavier. Was, They've been, right? this is a tough to, this is as tough a good a top four as any conference in America
1: no, the, the the Blue Jays, you know, your Blue Jays went into the Dunkin' Donuts Center and, and beat a pretty live Providence team. I mean, that was a great road win. Didn't they, get swept they, they up They have been John's. very
0: quietly taking care of their business. Yep, didn't get swept up in the St. John's game on the road as well, Alumni mm-hmm. Hall. Yeah, this is tough. And, and Xavier's just right there. Yep, no doubt.
1: Uh, we talked about this game a little bit, um, but we'll just throw it out there one more time. Uh, number seven, Duke, is going to go to number nine, Florida State. Uh, Mike Randall, thoughts?
0: Uh, real simple. So you're telling me no Shashevsky? You're telling me no Emil Jefferson, who's as important to the team as anyone, and we got Grayson Allen tripping everybody all over the place. Florida State double-digit win. Lock it
1: up. Lock it. lock it up. Uh, and uh, as you know, screen the screener holds uh, many things dearly. One of those things is hope, and we hope Emil Jefferson finds health and finds his way back on the court this season for sure. Um, number twenty, t- number twenty-four, Minnesota. Is ranked and they are going on the road at Michigan State. Tell me you don't see the same thing I do here, huh?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I saw this when Northwestern went into Michigan State, okay? Mm-hmm. And they, and they, I'm going to guess here, you're going to say Michigan State's going to roll in this game at home?
1: I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, they're getting undervalued. They're under the radar. What's Minnesota going to do with this, like, new fangled toy that is the 24th ranking? Are they going to be able to handle that? Um, it's I, it just seems it screams to me Michigan State, which maybe means go the other way. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take you know I'm gonna take the lure and bite on Michigan State and say I think they're gonna you know pull the quote unquote upset against the ranked Minnesota team. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm gonna go the other way in this one. Yeah. I I kind of am was late to the party on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They're 15 and two right now. Uh, they should have be Michigan State, so they should be four and zero. Okay. I'm going to go the other way, Gus, and here's why. They should have been Michigan State at home. They played them without um, Miles Bridges. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But then they went and they won at Purdue in an overtime game. Then they won at Northwestern by four. They took care of business at home against Ohio State. I think to keep it close. I, I do. I, I'm kind of rooting for them here. I know Izzo can write the ship, but they just got thrown around pretty good in the palestra okay so i feel if, if if minnesota can handle this game and after 10 minutes in if it's close it's gonna be close the whole way i like yeah. what richard patino's doing there i underrated minnesota they should be 4-0 in the big 10 because of that reason i think it's gonna be close you made me pick oh, god i'm gonna take minnesota i just don't I'm, think michigan state has it going right now
1: i'm gonna go the other way i think they have to save some face i think this is one of those games where they do that um uh, huge matchup in the big grind uh, which is the big east number 12 butler heads to number eight creighton i mean that is like that that is that might be that could be the game of the weekend it could be i don't know um you know you know of course gonzaga st mary's aside um but that if if, if creighton gets this game they might be in command of the big east
0: yeah, I you know, someone who's a huge Villanova guy had told me that he was very frustrated, as frustrated as you can be when you have a national championship. Right. That Jay Wright doesn't adjust enough. Now look at Jay Wright's getting criticized he won a national title, but I'm gonna pass this on because I thought it was valid. He said, Listen, they played Creighton, they slowed it down. You don't want to run with Creighton. I get that, especially on the road. You play Butler, don't slow it down. You gotta to try to fast break against Butler. That's what they want you to do. Butler, now listen, they could have won that game easily. Uh, but Butler going to Creighton? I gotta tell you, I don't see this one being that close. Yeah, I I, I kind of see Creighton with a comfortable win on this one. I, I Butler going on the road. They have a nice win at home against Villanova. Creighton's going to speed him up. Butler's going to try to slow him down. This game's in Butler's different story. Game's in Creighton. Next biggest game after the Villanova one. I agree with you. They get this one. Watch out.
1: So two factors I'd like in this game to pay attention to. Number one, of course, the upset hangover from Butler upsetting the number one team in the country. And then I really think Patton is going to be the difference maker in this game. You mentioned the, the, the pace and the speed of the game, but I think they're not going to have a big, that's going to be able to match up with Patton. Um, so big guys just don't live out West where we mentioned that earlier. Patton is alive and well for Creighton and the blue Jays in Nebraska. And he is, I think going to be an impact player and a difference maker in this game to give Creighton the win. Um, Here's your common alert. Please adjust your telescopes. Number four, UCLA, heads to the mountains. You know, they should reflect nicely off the mountains. And uh, head in, heads into Colorado. Um, so it's going to be on TV. If you have a chance to view them, go ahead and view them. We're not necessarily picking this game. We are just alerting you that you need to watch this team as many times as you can. And who knows? Even though it's on Fox Sports, you might get one of those awesome West Coast late-night announcers for this game. Um, enjoy those Bruins and their offens- offensive efficiency. And I think the last place we end up on Broadway, yeah, that's right, 10 p.m. Saturday, Jan- January 14th, ESPN 2, Pats are up 25. You're tuning into number five, Gonzaga. Um, and you're turning turning into number 21, St. Mary's. But before they get there, uh, Gonzaga has to take care of business against uh, Loyola Marymount, and St. Mary's has to take care of Terry Porter and Portland. So let's just hope they both hold serve, and let's hope Roxy Bernstein has one of those games on the announce because we'll be watching and listening.
0: Terry Porter, wow, the drop there. No one caught that. Unbelievable. Uh, Really quick, going back to Colorado. That's a a, a Colorado game, Gus, back against the wall. Colorado has underachieved. They were expected to be a lot better. They beat Texas when they were ranked number 22. They beat Mm -hmm. Xavier at home this year. Little back against the wall game for Colorado. So don't sleep on that. Listen, I'm I'm taking UCLA, but 0-3 in conference. Colorado needs this game badly, badly. This could jumpstart their season. Don't sleep on that game. As far as the apocalypse is upon us, I think the world will end after the 14th. That's going to be a great one. Hopefully they both win. Uh, St. Mary's, Gonzaga. Uh, St. Mary's beat them last year at home. I was wrong about that. They did not beat them in Gonzaga, beat them at home. And then Gonzaga beat them in the last game of the year. But that's going to be a great game. Listen, it's it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful January. It's cold here in the East Coast with the snow. Great bunch of games coming up, and I cannot wait.
1: Hey, I would just like to thank the listeners. Thank you, everyone, for being very well behaved at the Alpha Undefeated Pie Party. Everyone's welcome back if you remember the secret password. Thank you, listeners out there. Please keep spreading the good vibe that is the Screen, the Screener podcast. And, man, we would be unbelievably remiss if we did not say a thank you to the tech department for recording All things, on all levels, on all floors of the Alpha Undefeated Pie Party. Upstairs, downstairs. Man, can the tech department get a burger from Karnowski or something? With cheese, please? Technology with cheese. (laughs) Bell Jar needs some hot dogs, too, from Shemek. Hey, thanks, fellas. Keep creating out there. And Mike Randall, one final question. Does Ish Wainwright set the screen at the Alpha Undefeated Pie Party? I don't care if he
0: sets the screen, Gus, but he better look over that freaking press tomorrow night. I'm telling you right now, Avatar bet. I can hear the music already. The party's still going. We got the music taking us out of here, folks. Sorry, Belger. We'll be back next time. Alpha undefeated pie. We ran it down for you. Grayson stopped tripping. Baylor, Gonzaga, undefeated, getting six. Avatar bet. Screen the screener. We'll see you.